What what would you like? Well, you know, seeing as I'm right-handed and that's on the right and it's closest to me. <laughs> I'll try that. That's the the cinnamon whiskey. Smell it to make sure it's cinnamon. I'm, I'm <laughs> if it is, the pretty right. confident it's cinnamon. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You're gonna enjoy it. All right. Okay. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna take the rabbit's they're, foot. They're rabbit. The moonshine. No, the ah. rabbit spit. The rabbit spit. Oh. Yes. Rabbit spit. I'm gonna I'll, get this mixed I'll up with my whiskey. water. further ado yeah. chris go ahead uh we are here with drop the disc we're here with drop the disc podcast uh my name is david and i'm chris we are associates in this podcast and today we are not going to waste your time talking about ourselves because <laughs> we have a very exciting guest we do uh we're here this week with deke copenhaver mr deke copenhaver one of by the way the first people that gave us the opportunity yes. to interview you and I don't know if you knew that. You were one of the first people that we yeah. ever interviewed. I did not know that. So that's, thank that's you. That's cool. And you I, and Sean are the people in the city that yes. are really taking the chance on us. But uh, uh, I will say that we had one mic then. Now we, we have, have one two. mic. Now we have two. We're, it's a yeah. little bit of growth. And uh, we, we have a lot more coming for the podcast. For the future. Thank you to Nancy Powell. Yeah. She is our presenting sponsor for 2020. She is a real estate associate broker with Concierge Real Estate Team. And I say that really fast because that's how I've been practicing it. You're getting <laughs> very good. But it's Concierge Real Estate Team. You can reach her if you're trying to buy or sell a home. You can reach her at nancy at openaclose.team. And we really appreciate the relationship with Nancy. As some of you guys that listen at home know, she just helped me buy a house. So that's very exciting for yes. me. And I can personally talk about how she has helped me with the process. But with that aside, we're actually going to let her give you guys a real quick piece of advice on selling in 2020. She's going to talk about selling. Take it away, Nancy. 2020 is definitely going, going to be a seller's market. Um, the supply and demand uh, factors in there, low inventory versus number of buyers looking. So that would encourage a lot of sellers to try to get max dollars, if not more, for their home. But you have to be careful with that because if you price it over what it really is its value, you're going to miss out on would-be buyers. You're going to um, end up in a situation if you do have somebody willing to pay that amount that once the appraisal comes in, it's going to be lower, and then you have to renegotiate your offer. So get with a realtor that knows the market well to price your home right so that it will sell and you will have an easy transition. Thank you, Nancy. She's uh, a very nice lady. Yeah. She is, and, and you probably have met her. She works with All in Augusta. Yeah. She works with the Chamber. She's yep. super involved. Uh, yep. I think she sponsored the Young Professionals Party last year. Yeah. Um, she sponsored a couple events going on in Augusta. So we're proud to be working yeah. with someone that, first of all, that Dee Copenhaver knows by name that she's good. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> she is indeed. So today we're coming to you guys from, from Second City Distillery. Yep. We're very excited. We've got two flights in front of us right now. <laughs> Which nice. Deke, by the way, did not know was going to happen. No. We oh, sprung this on I, I assumed. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Two, two young guys at a distillery. What do you expect? Yeah. So, Deke, <laughs> what do you got over there? I see you already started on it. Yeah, I've got the cinnamon-flavored whiskey. Yeah, it's, it's Rick Rack Cinnamon Whiskey. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Would you say it's uh, like a, an aroma at front and then the taste in the back? Or? We have a whiskey snob to my left. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to. I would say there's a little bit of both of that. You yeah. definitely get the the aroma up front, but you get the taste in back too. Yeah, helps looking up, loosen up your vocal cords as there well. There you go. There you go. It does it's, help. It's purely for medicinal purposes. There, you've heard it here, folks. For medicinal purposes. If you're getting a cough, cinnamon whiskey. Which, by the way, I just drank some moonshine. <laughs> yes, you did. I wasn't really, honestly, uh, mentally prepared for... You, I haven't drank moonshine in a while. What is it called? It's called... It's called rabbit spit. And for those of you that don't understand moonshine, it is the base before it becomes anything else. 
So it is clear. So it's legal, is what he's saying. It's yeah. legal here. Okay. <laughs> it's, yes, it's legal in this it. room. So what? what's your uh, take on it? My take is that it's moonshine. It tastes like moonshine. It's, uh, you know. It's not your it really salted fills caramel. It's not your salted caramel crown. It's not quite <laughs> fruit flavor. So you're calling Chris and I sissies, basically. No, I'm calling, I think, myself <laughs> a sissy because I'm having trouble handling it right now. <laughs> In fact, I'm sweating. I don't know if you can see um, that. Would you like to finish my whiskey so I'll I can finish I'll trade you. Yes, your, please. You, thank goodness. Okay. Well, I was just sipping on the uh, their whiskey. It's a very good whiskey. <laughs> I would recommend it for anybody to try. If you are a whiskey fan, yep. it is very good. So enough selling out from us. We're going to yeah. continue to drink <laughs> and review these drinks as the podcast goes. But we're going to turn our attention to our guest right now. Yes. So this episode's focus is inspired by the commission election that's coming up yeah. and just the overall political air that seems to be going on in 2020. Right. So, so David and I are here. We are we try to stay as fair as possible exactly. and balanced. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we David here is a political science major. Yes. As I, was don't I. Know, I don't know much about politics. Most people that study it are successful. Uh, yes. Fun fact. Well, <laughs> so, are, so are educators. Sure, no, you're good. <laughs> but so we, we wanted to bring Deacon to kind of, because he, he was a, a mayor. Yep. What, what years were you mayor? From, from 2005 through 2014. So, so nine he, years. He has a very Most clear, of my important development years. Yes, He has a exactly. very clear <laughs> view on how the commission works and yep. how, what the, what the uh, role of the mayor is and so we wanted to bring him in just to kind of explain how important it is yeah oh absolutely and it's not an opinion it's fact-based and how important it is for us to actually vote for our commissioners um so what you're not going to hear in this podcast is us endorsing any candidates you're not going to hear us telling you what to do Unless you're not voting, in which case we are going to kind of tell you what to do, Yes, which is vote. So I want to talk to you, Deke. The first question I have for you is an easy question. I think it will help us kind of start this off. Um, A lot of people, when they vote, this is just statistics. This is me knowing some political science insight. They vote in the the national elections, but they don't vote in local elections. Mm -hmm. In your experience, does do does local government have an impact on the way people live their lives? It has a huge impact, and it, it's just it's unbelievable to me. I think the last election last year, our local commission and mayor's race, I think we had twenty four percent turnout. Wow! And I told somebody, you know, that's just ridiculous, and they said, well, it was better than Columbia County. And I'm like, you you can be proud of the fact that 76% of registered voters just didn't even turn out to vote. And then people want to complain about the commission. So I think we really need good quality candidates in every district. They're out there, but it makes a huge difference. I, I live on Berkman Road. So you've got that major project going on, which is taking longer than anticipated, but you know, funding for road projects, those are decisions that the commission makes. I will tell you, as we enter this period of explosive growth, I think one thing that local governments do is they balance their resources. So I would say that the commission needs to be putting more funding and more resources into our engineering department or to license and inspection, the departments that will really help accommodate that growth. But, you know, local government's decisions make a difference in people's everyday lives. And sometimes it's disappointing to me that people are just sort of so frustrated. They're like, well, I don't want anything to do with that. But, But we have a responsibility too. Right. So back during the summer, I was doing um, a speaking engagement and somebody said, I got the question, how do you fix Congress? And I said, well, I can't exactly tell you how to fix Congress, but I can tell you how to fix the Augusta Commission. There are five seats up. I was last year, so I said this year. Yeah. Three of those are open. And potentially we'll see what happens. And that means uncontested. Yeah, or, uncontested. Or, or there's no there's no um, incumbent. There's no incumbent. But but and we'll see what happens with commissioner size. But you may end up having four open seats. And if you could get a group of good quality people to run for those seats, you could really change the you know ch- change the vibe of the commission this year. 
but so many people complain, but then they they don't vote or they won't aren't, aren't willing to offer themselves for service. Yeah, and that's a big part too. Kind of what you mentioned, the commission does a little bit more than just voting on spending money and voting on projects. Yeah, they also <laughs> appoint uh, different committees to take care of yeah. of individual. Um, I guess needs of the city. Yeah, they they appoint to the development authority. They appoint to the Coliseum authority, the aviation commission. So yeah, it's more than just voting on a road project. And you don't have to just run for office if you want to get involved too, because like yeah. you could talk to your commissioner from your district about being on those committees. Exactly. Okay. So let me ask you this: uh, as as a mayor, um, what does the mayor do? In Augusta, I know that that's a tough question to answer. Yeah. Well, I I would say to to a large degree, what I found is it is what you make of it. Okay, you know there there aren't a lot of responsibilities that are associated with based on the charter with the mayor's office. You know, you you break ties on the commission in the instance of a of a tie. You're the legal representative for the city, so any lawsuit that's filed against the city gets served to the mayor. I did not know that. That's yes. a little scary. So that, that was always fun. And I, when I was coming out of office, I'm like, well, this will be nice where I don't get lawsuits all the time. It'd be nice to get sued a little bit less. Yes. Okay. But, uh, but I would say that there's this conversation that people have about, does the mayor need more power? And I, you know... I, I don't really like the word power. I, I've said before that the only power that leaders should concern themselves with is the power to inspire. But realistically, there's more influence in that office. I mean, being the mayor of Augusta, Fortune 300 companies would take, their CEOs would take my call. Mm -hmm. So just being the mayor of Augusta has a tremendous amount of influence that goes along with it. So it, it's almost like the mayor is kind of the way the CVB sells tourism. The mayor kind of sells the city to, yes. to employers. Yes. And that's, I was very involved in our economic development efforts, but I understood, <coughs> excuse me, you know, the role of the development authority is to recruit businesses. And where I came in was I just helped close deals. That was a huge focus of mine. So, you know, whether it was Starbucks or ADP or T-Mobile or Unisys, you know, I was there at the closing table. But I, I will tell you this. I was speaking at the International Association of Outsourcing Professionals in Phoenix, Arizona, a number of years ago and talking about how... How do you remember the name of that association? Uh, that is I've got a good memory. <laughs> but He was looking it up while... Yeah. <laughs> all day. No, Today all, yeah, he was all prepping. day. No phone in hand. No phone in hand, that's true. But I was invited by Monty Hamilton, the CEO of Rural Sourcing Incorporated, who's a good friend of mine who we helped recruit them when I was in office. But the point of my remarks were that at that point, Augusta, between ADP, Automatic Data Processing, mm -hmm. um, they brought 1,000 jobs to Augusta. Since there are about 2,000, but they brought those back from overseas, really from India. Starbucks brought those jobs back to Augusta, and they initially— And that's for the plant. Yeah, and so, well, for ADPs for their solution center, yeah. but Starbucks is for the plant. But initially, it was 140 employees, $170 million investment. They've since basically doubled both of those numbers, but those jobs came back from South America. And then rural sourcing was bringing jobs back— onshoring, bringing them back from overseas. So Augusta was really becoming a leader in the creation of American jobs, you know, in the midst of the recession. But I met two economic developers out there out of Missouri, and they said, look, if you've got an elected official that understands economic development, they're worth their weight in gold. But if you've got one that doesn't, you don't want them in the room. And I, I've often said that, you know, I shared with my colleagues on the commission that if you're constantly, you know, talking about the negative in our community, you know, you're never going to sell anything saying you've got an inferior product. You need to know the strength of your product. And I mean, Augusta is an internationally known brand name mm -hmm. for being associated with the Masters and with James Brown and Jesse Norman. Yeah. We've got a good quality of life, a low cost of living. 
So that was not a difficult sales job for me. We also have an international author that's a former mayor. Yes, we do. As a matter of fact. <laughs> I, and, uh, the, yeah, the change maker. Yeah, the you got to talk about that real quick. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, my book, which is based on my experiences in nine years in office and being a leader, not a politician, yeah. is blowing up in Australia. It's the University of Texas El Paso's student engagement and leadership program used it in a program they had called Powerful Pages. They found it. I didn't find them. So I'm going down to UTEP to speak um, in actually next month. But I'm working on getting it into more universities. But it's it's funny. So many people have read it and they're like, well, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be about politics. And I'm like, well, I can understand that since I'm a former politician. But it's on leadership. But sadly, people don't associate those two terms together anymore. So, David, and I might be stealing a question from him. He, he might be. He did curate these questions, but I, I you know, I feel like it's very important for. Um, I've always heard that the city government here in Augusta is different than most. That is true. And I think the taxpayers of Augusta need to know why. I think, or in what way, basically. In right? what in what way is it different? And if you in a most dumbed down. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, just explain to every listener here why, maybe not why it's different, but how does it work? Well, so um, I believe the National League of Cities, I was reading some statistics years ago. That, that sounds like something from a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but it, it was 90 something percent of municipal governments nationwide had either a strong mayor or a strong manager form of government, we fall in the category of other. Which we don't. Which we don't. Mm. Which, from the best I can understand, it's so consolidation between the city and the county was basically a shotgun wedding. It was because the the city was going broke because they were stealing, moving funds from... (laughs) water revenues to cover deficits Ah. so it was forced so it basically was a marriage that was based on mistrust and continues to breed mistrust when did that happen that was 1996 okay so we were born 23 years ago yes so so you know i guess maybe they didn't want to vest power to authority too much in one area Mm -hmm. because you know i think that the the mayor at that point in time could pretty much do whatever they wanted. But it's, so now people say, well, should we go with a strong mayor or a strong manager form of government? I believe in a strong manager form of government because for a city the size of Augusta, you want somebody running the day-to-day operations that's trained to do that. And then if they do something wrong, you know, you get rid of them. But realistically, I've told people, until you change the culture of the commission, there's nothing punitive to stop commissioners from going around the management structure. So even if you went with a strong mayor or a strong manager, they could still go directly to department heads and micromanage, and there's nothing punitive to stop them from doing that. So what you really need to do is change the culture of the commission and have a commission that actually honors the chain of command. So in Augusta, we have eight districts, Mm -hmm. and then we have two super districts. Yes, and so to, 10 total commissioners. Mm-hmm. And for, I guess, for an idea or a um, motion to be passed, you have to have how many votes? I would, this is whiskey. I would, this is whiskey? I would go with whiskey. Okay. Yeah. You have there, there the whiskey is their best. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's why we want you and to drink. And if you disagree, yeah. then you get the and bourbon. side note, when we did have you on, we drank whiskey. Yes, we did. We did. We did. We drank whiskey from Yellowstone National Park and your bullet. I forgot about that. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't. Trust yes, me. we did. And now we're drinking local whiskey. At, at Augusta and Company. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> yep. And now we're at Second City Distillery drinking mm-hmm. local whiskey. Cheers. Cheers. So, so to pass an agenda item, you need six votes. Okay. So historically, you know, and I'll get into the... Basically, the districts were initially drawn to where, from what I understand, where there would be a racial balance where you would have six or five white commissioners and five black commissioners. So historically, 
it basically this is 1996. You're 1996. Talking. Got it. But but commissioners can abstain, mm. so commissioners could abstain and stop a five-five tie from happening and stop the mayor from getting a vote. So I voted to make break more ties than I can remember when I was in office, but I think that's because I never skewed to one side or the other. I'm, I had a policy that I'm if I was going to break a tie, it was based on staff's recommendation because I'm like, I've got an engineering got director that's got his doctorate in engineering. Why am I going to override that guy? Because right. I don't have a doctorate in engineering. So it was really... <laughs> who pretty, am I to tell him he Yeah, who am I to tell him that? But... but that's I didn't make decisions based on emotion, and I, I based it on the best and most accurate information I could find. But all too often, I think with local governments, what we see is they base decisions on emotion. And I've said, you know, sadly, unfortunately, if you want to get the commission to do something, if you pack those chambers with angry people, they're probably going to vote in favor of that. But I'm like, that's basically... Like if you, I don't have a child, but it's akin to if your child, every time they threw a tantrum, you gave in to them, what kind of a child would you raise? And if you're giving in to the vocal minority on every issue, you're not doing what's right for the vast majority of the people you serve. Right. And you, you talk about, you know, you talk about votes and, and, and I just happen to know, and Chris happens to know that in your book, you talk about a lot of this stuff too, with the vocal yeah. minority um, doing what's right for the public. So off of that topic, I know that you're a person that, uh, how can I say it, is plugged in. Yeah. You kind of, you're, you're, a, you were, a, you're a big part of All in Augusta, mm-hmm. which is a capital campaign uh, basically to help build up downtown. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what are some projects going into this 2020 election where we're electing these commissioners that are going to decide at least the agenda of the of the city. What are some projects that you've kind of got your eye on that are coming up? Really, that you can talk about. Really, the the main one to me, and I actually had a conversation with the mayor about this last week at the sheriff's gala. So there's two point one million dollars in the budget through SPOS funding to extend the commons across Reynolds Street to the river. Right, and that to me. I'm like, it, it has funds attached. You might need more than that, but can't we, because the commons is there to benefit everybody, you right. know, and I've talked to people. Well about, named. The, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, it's not, it doesn't discriminate based on race, gender, socioeconomic background. Yeah. It's there as a gathering spot for everybody. So that to me should be something when you've got some funding attached there. And I've talked to candidates that are running from, for office on that. I'm like that, you know, it it's perceived to benefit one property owner downtown, but who cares? I mean, all of downtown is going to benefit. And to me, you know, downtown is the heart of the community, and it's mm-hmm. there for everybody. Right. I was talking to Commissioner Sias one time, and he said, you know, I don't. So he represents South Augusta. He said, I don't have anything against downtown. He said, you know, people in my district, I come down to a parade, and they're all down here. Yeah. So that would seem to be something that the commission could reach consensus over that downtown's important to everybody. When you have visitors in town, where do you take them? Yeah, exactly. Well, that is very specific. I honestly did not expect you to have something so specific. That's pretty cool. That, that's very specific. Yeah. But, okay. but, but unfortunately, and sometimes local governments or, and I mean, this is not just governments, it's other organizations get the, rather than saying, okay, how can we make this happen? Yeah. They want to tell you why we, why it can't happen. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm always a, how do we make this happen kind of, kind of guy. And so that's, that's a project that, you know, you guys can imagine what, so in the all in Augusta campaign, the two primary things that the younger generation sort of rallied around were the extension of the commons and mm-hmm. the James Brown, um, or the soul music festival. Yeah. Yeah. And and can we talk about the Soul Music Festival? Because yeah. we've we've talked to, I believe, Benish yeah. a little bit about that. And and the Soul Music Festival has a future in the city, right? Ben- Absolutely. Benish Brown. Benish Brown. Uh, I apologize. All of you guys don't know Benish. The president of um, the Augusta Convention. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're making progress on that. But that to me, I you know, maybe I'm not your typical 
politician or ex-politician, but I focus on things that bring people together. And I think music, you know, you're at a concert, you're not asking people about politics. You know, right. you're just there to enjoy the artist. If you're at a University of Georgia game, same thing. I mean, you're yeah. there to support your team. And I think as a nation, there's more that connects us than divides us. You know, most people want to live in clean, safe communities where they can educate their children. They have access to good jobs or jobs in general and health care. So if we could start there, but I mean, everything we're seeing in politics is just, I'm, I mean, I know most people, I think in communities or in the nation, there's a bell curve. Yeah. And most people are in the center of the bell curve. They're either center right or center left. But all we see in the media and politics is the extremes. And most people I know are not extremists. But I think that's why the book is really hitting home with people and touching a nerve is that I'm actually speaking to people that feel like they have no voice in, you know, in the nation in a, in a way. And, and actually, there's speaking of kind of working together. Uh, we're one thing that we're paying attention to is, of course, we've mentioned a couple times the commission race, and one thing that we, Chris and I, have have talked about a lot recently is how the private sector works with the government mm-hmm. to make change happen. So something that I think is probably for, for the long term in the long yeah. term. So something that's probably a misnomer is for something to happen downtown, the government has to be behind it. Yeah. But that's not always the case, right? So can can the private sector work with the government? What are some what are some ways that I guess we see that coming up or some opportunities for that? Well, and, and that's one of the things that I've, I've shared with, with commission candidates. I'm like, you have, and I'll just say, you know, Corey Johnson is a good friend. Sean Mooney is a good friend. But we have to establish a better working relationship between the business community and the commission. At this point in time, at times, it seems like it's adversarial. You know, when when the commission initially wanted to grandfather in the strip clubs downtown, well, the general public goes ballistic. And I'm like, if there had been that dialogue between the business community and the commission, you know, you, you could have somebody could have said, hey, you guys might not really want to go there. Right. But instead, it became packing the commission chambers with people. Yeah. So the the private sector has a huge role to play. It's basically public sector investment is is meant to mitigate the risk of the private sector. And I'd say that. So when I was in office, we built the convention center. We built the new law enforcement center. We built the new library. We built the new judicial center. So, but between what the and none you, of them are named after you. No, no, <laughs> but, but and should, shouldn't be. But 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 I was at a conference or a meeting last week that Augusta Tomorrow had. Okay, and I was thinking in the meeting. I said I told somebody that was there, it would be interesting to see in our urban core over the past ten years how much the public sector has invested during versus the private sector. And I think the, the, it, the investment there on the public sector side would have to, I mean, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, but I don't think we've had hundreds of millions of dollars of private investment. So it's so time why to see is the that? private investment yeah, go up. But, but why, you know, we need to ask the question of why is that? You know, what can okay. local government and the business community do to make it easier for the private sector to invest downtown. So tell me this then, with that being the case, and and after this, I'm going to let Chris ask ask our final question because I've been nerding out a little bit. I'll probably, <laughs> probably asking more than I should. We, he's all told us that he has majored in poli sci no, right. every episode, <laughs> right. so we'll let him have I, his I have to, I have to. This is my yeah. episode. This is so, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, it's Deke's episode, but it featuring is, it me. is, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it's so, a collaboration. Yeah, so yeah. Not, I'm just here. Not that you have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for setting this up, Chris. Yeah, man, uh, just drinking some whiskey. So, not that you have a problem getting in front of the commission, but if the commission was to bring you in and ask you for your advice for how to manage the new commission starting in 2020, mm-hmm. how to manage, what to prioritize some general advice for them. What advice would you give the new commission uh, in, in things to focus on in Augusta? Well, really, my advice would be, first off, 
work together. I mean, it's one of the things I've had conversations with candidates about is it seems to me looking at it from the outside, there, there's no trust within our local governing body. And it's, it's difficult to build trust if, you know, you say something to your fellow colleague in confidence and the next thing it's in the news that night. So focus on building trust, build those priorities. Once again, I will tell you, you know, my opinion is the explosive growth starts this year when we get boots on the ground and with cyber command out at Fort Gordon, but growth comes with its own set of issues. And I, I said that before I left office, I'm like, the major dialogue we should have is how are we going to accommodate this growth? You know, we've been fortunate that we passed the t spots while I was still in office. So our transportation infrastructure is improving to help accommodate that growth. But that's they need to have big picture conversations and not get bogged down in the minutia, which is it seems to happen all too too often. And you know, I like all of our commissioners. I mean, they're not bad people, but it's just when you get so internally facing, it's hard to realize that you know, for all intents and purposes, you know that they, to a degree, are the face of the community, and I think. Some of the stuff we see go on at the Marble Palace is not representative of what the community is like now. I think about, you know, Garden City Social, a, a bar in downtown Augusta has a two-hour wait. It, you know, <laughs> I, I would I didn't see that one coming. But right. have, have you been there? I he doesn't uh, wait. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't wait. He doesn't wait. No, but, but you know, and we've discussed this. We need to put a younger, fresher vibe. I mean, face on the community. Yeah. Because that is the face of the community now. Right. So I applaud what you guys are doing, but I'm like, here again, oh, y'all tagged me on this last time. No offense to grandmothers anywhere, but it's not your grandmother's Augusta. <laughs> I wish we could name this episode that too, because that yeah. was, it, we got it such good be, reviews. It could be part two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> so <laughs> then I'm going to get like, beaten with a cane by somebody's <laughs> grandmother. <laughs> you, you're pretty, you're pretty athletic. I think you can. Yeah. I, think uh, you'd be all right. I can. Yeah. <laughs> you did the last Ironman, right? No, I ended up not doing that one. I, which, but you did the one before. No, well, I did. You've done more Iron Man. Done than both Iron of us I've put done yeah. five of them. Yeah, okay. that's that's way more. Five than Five more than the two of us put together. Yeah, and Chris is a biker. Well, <laughs> but you know, and I. So the book is on leadership, but I'll talk. I mean, I know we probably got to go, but that. No, so no. I was I was doing the Iron Man this year in honor of Randy Smith, the yeah. doctor who passed. Great man who he used to do it. But so the book comes out. I'm training for the Ironman. I got started a little late. And my sister-in-law ended up, she had had issues with seizures her whole life and she special needs. But she went into ICU for 10 weeks and unfortunately ended up passing. But I didn't want to walk away from the Ironman. But I'm like, okay, I've got to be there for my sister-in-law and my wife. I, you know, the book, I've got to promote that. So I've got to get something off my plate, and that was the only thing I could Say do. Say no more. Yeah, well, but, I mean, I think sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. And that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> so you asked me to ask the, the last question. We do, but... I, we, can I ask another question real no, quick? I need you're not to. qualified. I need to. You okay, can you can ask, ask me whatever you, you want. The okay, reason why I'm it. qualified is because I don't have a side background okay yes i'm speaking for the every man the taxpayer as mm-hmm. we call that just moved to augusta now i've been in augusta for a while but you know we have super districts can yeah. you explain the role of a super district commissioner because we have one that we are voting for soon that's true yeah <laughs> no. the, the super district covers four districts correct yes so is it a tiebreaker is it is it, what's the purpose of it N- no i okay. you know and um, you know i'm i think we need great representation for every district but i will say you know a they should have never set the commission up to be an even number you just never do okay. that with a board of directors right but b do you really, I mean, if you've got a really good super district commissioner, that's great. But when you have the mayor that represents all districts right. and 
people have representation in each district, do you really need another level of representation? So they basically are overseeing four districts. How big is their is their vote as big as a actual district vote? It, it, it's all equal. Yeah, it's all equal. It, it's all okay. equal. But but I will say somebody asked me, you know, what would help improve local government? Right. And it, it hands down to me, it would be if every commissioner ran at large. Okay. So that you would be accountable to the city as a whole because a big issue that we and that's do have. as opposed to by region. Yeah, well, right? yeah I mean, okay. just exactly, as okay. opposed to by district. But right now it's still, you know, well, if we do this for this district, we need to do that for that district. Gotcha. And I'm like, that, that tit for tat just doesn't work. And it, right. it hasn't worked since consolidation. But, but there are still commissioners that sort of think that the – the consolidation bill or the charter is, you know, is sacrosanct. We can't touch that. And I'm like, look, and I said it back in office. I'm like, look, that's our business plan. And if you don't update your business plan. You're supposed to do it every few years. Yeah, for 24 years now. You know, (laughs) in business, you're probably out of business. So I think that's, they should be able to have that big picture conversation of, look, it's been, you know, 24 years Let's look at this document and see what we can improve with it. But right. when when it's just everybody going back and forth with each other, it's hard to focus on the big picture. And yeah. But I, I want to give you all an example. So last week it was announced that the convention center has now exceeded $100 million in revenues produced. So that was a tremendously controversial project. And if we had listened to the vocal minority – it never would have happened, but we were able to build consensus and approve the project, which at the same time we approved funding from the increase on the hotel motel room fee to fund our Lenny Walker Bethlehem revitalization initiative. So we broke ground on the convention center 10 years ago. Well, 10 years down the line, it's produced $100 million. We have a neighborhood revitalization project that's nationally recognized as being, you know, one of the best in the country. But if we'd given in to that vocal minority, that never would have happened. So 10 years ago, that's 2010? Uh, that is that's 2010. A, that's a mayor that's geek. crazy. Uh, yeah, that, that was my last election year, as a matter of fact. Wow. Well, thank you for setting us up with that. Uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, it, it was a difficult. But I'll, it was a I'll, game changer. Yeah, I'll share this with you, though. So Joe Riley, former mayor of Charleston, yeah, he was mayor of Charleston for like 30-something years. I've heard his name when talking about Augusta's development before. Yeah, well, so he was a mentor of mine. What? Okay, but he, I've not heard that. That's but, really cool. But he told me one time, he said, at local government level, all too often governments get bogged down in arguing over petty issues when six months from now nobody's going to remember what that's about. But if you focus on building buildings, that's what's going to stand the test of time. So every day when I'd get – if I'd get frustrated – I'd get in my car and I'd go drive around and I'd look at the convention center, you know, the judicial center, the new library, the croc center, which the city didn't build that, but that was not the easiest project to get done. The law enforcement center. And I'm like, okay, this makes it all worth it. We're, we're building buildings. There you go. Yes, sir. I'll let you, I'll let you do the last question. Well, we'll segue real quick, actually. So we need to, we need to segue before we hit the last question. We need to thank, uh, two more of our sponsors, That's right. Savannah River Brewing Company, absolutely. Who we we were just with the Savannah River Brewing people. Uh, yes. Guess what? They're still What's great that? people. This is gin, and I thoroughly recommend it. It's this the, is bourbon. It's okay. the spinning Jenny. The spinning Jenny. It's a uh, it's very it's aged Jenny. Spinning Jenny. Spinning Jenny. Yeah. I gotta drive home now. I've never. You will. <laughs> you will. Don't worry. Don't worry. But while he's think contemplating if he's going to drink that, and we, uh, feel free to just leave us some of it if you want. Yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever. I I don't personally need any more. I'm good. <laughs> but uh, we do want to thank Savannah River Brewery. Savannah they, River Brewery. They they have done us a number. They have given us a lot of beer. Clearly, we're not drinking beer this we episode, <laughs> but we usually are. But we you, make exceptions. I for will some say people. that this 
atmosphere at the distillery. If you've ever been here during open very hours, nice, very nice. It, it is very similar to the experience at Savannah River Brewery. It's true. Um, you friendly, know, inviting, friendly, inviting. Stuff tastes good. Everything tastes good. Right. Yeah. Yep. And Savannah River Brewery, they have a Valentine's Day dinner. They do uh, with beer pairings. So definitely check them out for that. Uh, they have their third Caterworks. Caterworks is Caterworks uh, catering. We know is great. Yeah. New Year's uh, Eve was a good time. They will be there. Yep. And they're doing their third year anniversary party soon too. The next day. Which the is 15th. crazy because when you were in office, Deke, did you imagine that we would have breweries in the city? I hoped. There you uh, go. That, that, and now we have third year anniversary. Dream come yes, true. that and mm. rooftop bars. Oh, and rooftop bars. Rooftop bars are coming. <laughs> which we're, we're more of them are more coming. Of them and are I'm coming. very excited to announce more later. <laughs> Y'all stick Chris with us. Chris is the rumor, the rumor king or Y'all the rumor stick with queen. Us. I'm not sure. Yes. Hey now. Hey well, now. Been, I do have a crown, but <laughs> but you know it's funny and. and it's really cool for me through the book to be able to take lessons learned here in Augusta and actually, you know, have them picked up in other places, particularly yeah. in universities. But it's still a work in progress. I mean, we're not there yet as a city, right. but we're making progress. We are. But I would say, you, that, I you know, when you when you talk about, you know, everything going on, that's this is Augusta in the now. What you guys are doing is Augusta in the now. And the more that we can put that you know, show people what's really going on in Augusta. And I go back to economic development. You know, I, people who are considering moving here need to see the real Augusta and not just what's played out in the commission chambers. You know, when, once you get people here, they love it. But right. I don't, a reputation for, you know, bad politics or something, yeah. that, that, that's not helpful. That's scary and for I'm, companies. The commission um, candidates that I'm supporting, I'm like, I don't want anything from you. All I want, I want a commission I can be proud of. Is and I, I think way, that everybody should. Is there a way off podcast that people could find out who you're supporting for the commission? Yeah. They can, I, they can email me at me at dcopenhaver.com. Perfect. I, <laughs> I, think, I think that's a really good piece of information for people. We obviously will not be promoting anyone officially, mm -hmm. but we do promote you and we promote your opinions. <laughs> so I think that that would be really great. Well, and I, I will tell you, David, basically when I first ran, I was like, okay, you know, look at my resume. And if you were going to hire a mayor out of these candidates, who would you hire? So my support for commission candidates, and I would ask your, your listeners to consider it that way. Okay, if I was going to hire somebody to represent me as a commissioner, who would it be? Yeah. You know, don't do it. Well, he's my buddy. He's, you know, my friend's cousin. Just he look at it. He seems nice. Yeah, he seems nice. <laughs> look at it as who's the most qualified candidate mm -hmm. and support the most qualified candidate. And and I think that uh, I think we at least are with you when we hope that everybody does that. Yeah. What, what we would love to see is kind of a changed face of the commission. Um, and, and we would love to see the depot project. We would love to yeah. see something happen with that. We'd love to see, you know, unity building the new James Brown arena. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, that we need, but we need consensus. And so on the commission, we need consensus builders, but, but I will tell you what, I don't, what concerns me sometimes is people that are candidates for office that spend a tremendous amount of time on social media. I'm like, if that, if, if that's what you're focused on doing, is that really making a difference or are you out there rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty and making a difference? Yeah. There's a difference between doing politics to get reelected and doing politics to make a difference. Exactly. There's a big difference. So we are preparing right now for the last question of the interview. This most is, people already know. Most people already know. But it's a little different. But it's a little different because we've already had Mr. Deke on before. Yes. So we can't, we can't rehash the same question, or can we? And But, we, <laughs> but before we do that, before we, we, do do that, we want to let y'all know. This question is sponsored by Augusta and Company and the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Which is the same thing, if y'all don't know that But already. a little bit different. Yes. So if you're out of town and you're coming in town, you deal with the Convention and Visitors Bureau. 
which they help book up all of the hotels and the convention center that Deke brought to Augusta. <laughs> yeah. they it was a team that effort. Team <laughs> effort. That Deke was on the team to yes. bring to Augusta. <laughs> but they fill that up. It, if you've listened to our episodes in the past, when we had Benish Brown on, he did say that his team is doing something completely new, and their visitor center is Augusta & Co., which Augusta is a pop-up slash, you know, you walk in and you see everything it's local. A boutique. It's, it's a, a boutique. It's a local boutique. But it's a visitor center. If and you, uh, it also has the only public restrooms. If you <laughs> want a little tip. Don't tell anybody. They've got an, <laughs> but, but it's a cool place. They've got an events yeah. board. They've got pictures. Yeah. They've got board games based. They've got Augusta Monopoly. Yeah. They've got a book by a former Augusta mayor. <laughs> it's called The Changemaker. I've heard it's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. have, actually, we have both read We've it. we both read and it. And I could not put it down. It is definitely a great read. You need Looking to at the to spine, it. you can tell that Chris didn't put it down. I wish I had it to show <laughs> you. <laughs> There's sand... There's each sand all up in the pages. Nice. Terribly taken That's what we like. That's what we like. That's what we like. And Chris apologized when he gave it back to me, and he said, oh, you know, I put put some work in on this book. I was like, I'm happy that you put work in on the book, because what else are we doing with it, right? Right. Exactly. Actually, I didn't tell you this, but two other people (laughs) borrowed it before I gave it back to you. Well, at least I helped spread some knowledge. Yes, you did. You let me borrow a signed book by Deke, and three people enjoyed it. I'm surprised no one stole it. Honestly, ah. or at least the rip the autograph out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so with all that being said, we're gonna we're gonna round back to you. And the question for you is: uh, We always ask people at the end of the episode what dropping the disc from the city means to mm-hmm. them personally. We've got an answer from you on the record. Yep, it was already perfect. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to hear it again. Okay. Yeah. What we want to yeah. hear is another perfect answer to this question, which is: What advice would you give to the people of Augusta? Every any any the every man of Augusta yep. to drop the diss in their everyday life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a really good question. I would just say you know proceed with a sense of civic pride, right? So I, I've always talked about everybody's in the business of economic development and should be an ambassador for Augusta because having worked with the Development Authority, you know when big projects are looking to come here. They're eating in our restaurants. They're interacting with local citizens. And it's sort of that there was an old commercial that said, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So Absolutely. remember that you're an ambassador. I don't care what you do or you know what your job is or what age you are or what anything. It's you are an ambassador for Augusta, and we need to all see it that way. And, you know, Take care of your city. It's it drives me crazy to see people throwing trash out of window or whatever. But it's the same thing. Organize a neighborhood cleanup. You know, if you if you see trash, go pick it up. Don't wait for somebody else to do that. I mean, take ownership in your community because it's here for all of us. And whether you're in South Augusta, East Augusta, West Augusta, it's all Augusta. There's no us and them. It's all us. And so we need to look at it that way. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a perfect interview. <laughs> this has been great. This has been fantastic. Deke, thank you so much for being at this interview. Thank you for uh, agreeing to try out this spread of drinks that we put in front of you. And he thank you for no providing choice. them. He had no choice, but he had no complaints. <laughs> yeah, well, the Super Bowl was last night. The so Super Bowl was last night. <laughs> By the way, who did you pick? You know, I was, I was pulling for the Chiefs just because it had been so long since they won it. Are you an Andy Reid guy? I, and I like Andy Reid. I like Mahomes. I think he's a transformational quarterback. But I do, you know, I mean, having, being a Falcons fan and watching what happened with the Patriots, <laughs> to have it happen again. It was nice to see someone she, else. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I was watching SportsCenter this morning, and Stephen A., um, was just oh he tore so, Kyle Shanahan a new he one. tore <laughs> Shanahan apart he's like dude how did you you did it twice and I'm like poor Shanahan maybe he'll win it next year though the rumor is the Falcons curse moved to San Francisco yeah that that may have happened that <laughs> but but I mean Mahomes is just he was gonna get going at some point absolutely so I hate to admit this but so we had dinner at Oliviana and we came home. 
and I was just beaten. So I actually fell asleep watching the game and then wake up and I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? I'm like, <laughs> the Chiefs are back in it, man. Yeah. It, I I liked it because I it kept me in the game. It was. It I, was I had no, I didn't care who won. I, I really think, did. Yeah. I agree. I think. This and was, honestly, I didn't put any money in this game because I didn't care about it. So I think legally I have to say that I didn't put money on the game either. Right. Well, I, I have, I, 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 you know, I There's figured everybody laws. would say There's state laws. that same. Yeah, just assume it. Whatever. But I, I loved it. Patrick Mahomes, he's 24 years old. He's my age. No. I, I Which mean, is scary and, to and me. That got, yeah. but, but I'll tell you, I was talking to somebody about it while I was working out at the Y yesterday. And it's like, okay, Jimmy G seems like a good dude. And Mahomes is a good dude. And, you know, Shanahan and Reed, I'm like, it really, you didn't have a bunch of raging There's egos. There's no bad guy. No, there was no bad guy. So you could be happy for any of them that win. But I'm like, they sort of represent the sport the way you would want it represented. I mean, right. so I, you know, if you're a San Francisco fan, sorry, guys. Sorry about but it. But you've won it plenty. Right. And you probably will win it again unless Shanahan coaches like that in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well Deke thank you thank you so much yes and those of you that are still with us it's Valentine's week it's Valentine's week happy Valentine's Day we got um, again that Valentine's Day at the brewery if you have no plans go check it out do it Uh, the next day February 15th Saturday all day is at the brewery third anniversary third anniversary and if you're part of YPA uh, we have an, a meeting. Barclay Bishop is um, the she's speaking. The Bar- Barclay is my girl. There you she's, go. She is. I mean, she awesome. comes she, highly recommended. She will yes. be on the podcast in April. I'm excited about Incredible. that. Incredible. And uh, she'll be speaking. That'll be at Keen Signs and Graphics downtown. Anybody that wants to attend, anybody that, that's a professional, there you go. Check uh, it out. Come check it out. Yep. So, I was yeah. telling somebody yesterday, as a matter of fact, that so, you know, Barkley used to come on the, my radio show a lot. And then I had Bethany Davis, who worked with me to do live music Wednesdays, and then Virginia Clausen. So, there Bethany superimposed their three faces over Charlie's Angels and put Deke's Angels on it. <laughs> How about that? If we could have a there picture of that to post, I would love to post oh, that. Oh, I can find that for you for Ooh, sure. I'm so that. excited. Oh, yes. there we go. I'm so excited. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, not the politician, but the, the leader. <laughs> there you go. Thank, Thank you. Oh, the change maker. The change maker. <laughs> nice. <laughs>